0: Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast. Pain and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. I'm going to show off the fact that I know what day it is. Every segment coming back, it's a Thursday. You've been nails with it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, hey, Will Anderson, speaking of nails, here's Will Anderson talking about like the vets helping him get up to speed his rookie year.
1: We have vets like Rank. I know. I'm, I just love talking about these guys because I don't think people understand how special they are. But we got guys like Rank and J.G. and Jerry who knows the system and knows how offenses work. You know, they point out so many things. I'm like, bro, I didn't even notice that. Like, the back over there, the back's going to do that. And it's so crazy. Like, this tackle showing you this. And I would say, like, that's how my game was taken to the next level, like the second half of the season, just by recognizing those little things.
0: Yeah, and uh, as a result, Will Anderson is a Pro Bowl Games participant now. He's replacing Max Crosby. So Will Anderson on his way to Orlando, Seth. Thanks to thanks to the Vets who got him up to speed. It takes a village to get Will Anderson to the Pro Bowl. Well that that
1: soundbite was notable just because I think we talk about culture. D'Amico Ryan's had talked about in his exiting press conference about the importance of just veteran players helping out younger guys that that's just part of, you know, what you should do and not not all veteran players are like that, but if you have a team full of guys that are kind of wired that way to basically coach their replacements, then then it's a pretty you you end up having that many more coaches out on the field. And and what he said is 100% true also um about like Dude, how did you know that? Or oh my gosh, like why wow, I did like th- this information that they give? There are a lot of things that sometimes, sometimes position coaches don't pick up on, or they don't realize that veteran players are doing, so they don't bother coaching it, or they don't think that younger guys can. But I can. I mean, I remember my tenth year in the league, we had a uh, Bob Carmelowitz who's a long, long time, awesome NFL defensive line coach. But I remember I, I did. I kind of freelance on a play once. And, and he asked why I did it, and I explained that I could see, you know, based on the formation and based on the stance of the guard, I knew exactly what play was coming, and he, and it, but it was on the other side of the ball, everything I was looking at. And it wasn't anything greater. Right? Like, lots of, lots of veteran NFL defensive linemen can do this, but he's like, you can see that from right there? He had a really raspy sport. He's like, you can see that from that side of the ball? And I'm like, yeah, hey, you've been in the league for <laughs> I was just going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh my the first non-dullard you've met. Um, <laughs> so sometimes when you sit down with the younger guys, you like sometimes you don't even realize all how much you know, and you're just kind of talking through stuff with them, and it, it it opens their eyes to like how much there is to learn, and that you just learn it over time by like sometimes you don't even know what you're watching on film, but when you watch enough of it, it's like one of those. Uh, it's like one of those hologram pictures or with the hidden pictures, you know? Yeah. Where you're like uh, there's a there's a, a there's an image in there, yep. but you can't see it, and you just keep staring at you it and all s- of a sudden it emerges. Stare yeah. through it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it's like as a young young player. You like sometimes you you don't know what you're watching for, but if you watch enough, the pattern emerges. And then it clicks and you're like, yeah. Wow, yeah. I can't believe I so didn't see that. So it's good for those it's good for those young guys to see that like sitting and film with older guys because you know, just it, it shows them what's possible. Yeah.
0: That might be one of the harder things moving forward for Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans. And you pointed this out yesterday. Um, the first couple years that Nick was the GM here, they brought in a bunch of culture veteran guys that are teaching the young guys, but they were all guys that were hanging on to a paycheck. It felt like, you know what I mean? They were all guys that were just hanging on for their NFL lives. Like, that, I mean, what are they going to do? Be uppity and not teach the young guys? Christian Kirksey, yeah. Kamu Gruger-Hill, you know, like right. all these guys. They were shopping in a different aisle this year in free agency, mm-hmm. a better caliber of player. But I still feel like the players from all the anecdotes that you hear. I mean, we interviewed Sheldon Rankins on one of the postgame shows this year. I forget which game it was. But we asked him about Will, and he talked about how Will's like his baby bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's his guy. And, and I think it's probably the better caliber of player you get there's probably an inverse correlation to how willing they are, maybe, to help young guys out. I would think. I don't know. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. It's it's tough for me because in the defensive line meeting room, like almost every team plays with a rotation. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, if you're still good, you get to be the guy that like you know only comes in situationally. So there's it's a, uh, much more of a com- okay. co- communal feel <laughs> okay. there. Like it takes a village on the defensive line. Like, I gotcha. Look, I just gotta be one of the best eight guys, not one of the best four guys or one of the best two defensive tackles. And ideally, if I can teach this young kid to be good enough to play, then I'm just coming in on third downs, you know. My, even, in my situation, it was just on rundowns. That's you know? even fewer snaps. Okay. I'm glad yeah. we had this
0: conversation. That's yeah. good. That's good.
1: <laughs> um, now, the other positions where it's more competitive, I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. Uh, Brant Boyer used to tell this story. Brant Boyer is now the special teams coach with the Jets. He's been there through three different head coaches. Yeah. He's an awesome special teams coach. Yep. But he was uh he was a rookie in Miami with Brian Cox. Remember Brian Cox? Mm-hmm. This ultimate badass oh, old yeah. school like ran a 5-140 but somehow was one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. Mean. Or outside what was he? Yeah. Outside whatever he was. He was a middle linebacker. Um, yep. Yeah, middle linebacker with a neck that neck <laughs> board. <laughs> the neck flap, yeah. Yeah. Um so Brant's rookie year, like Brant's an awesome dude. He's a lot of fun to hang out with, and he'd he'd go, he'd be golfing with Brian Cox and going out with him and everything during the spring. And they're both linebackers. They get to training camp, and Brant's been hanging out with Brian Cox all offseason. He thinks he's an awesome dude and everything. They get to training camp, and Brian Cox won't even acknowledge him <laughs> because, like, now yeah. he's the competition. Yeah, and Brian Cox says, so Brian Cox like. Uh, kids, I gotta tell you this. I don't know if he would make it in the NFL today because people are so damn stupid about the numbers and everything. He ran like a 5 flat 40. He benched 225 like 12 times. There was nothing about him when he tested that looked like he should be a good football player, but he was just an incredible badass. And, and he made it in the NFL a long time because of it. So during training camp, it was, he, he like despised everybody else that was in competition with him. Once they made the team, it switched right back, like hundred and eighty degrees, and they were best buds again. So it was uh it was like psychological warfare for him. And I think like once they're on the team, he helped guys out and everything. But it wasn't wasn't quite the same dynamic that you hear about Malik Collins and Will Anderson.
0: Brian Cox was in the league for twelve years. Yeah. And in those Miami the Miami years, where was he where was he a teammate of his, Seth? In in, in we, Miami. In Miami? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Brian Cox he was, was out, really good. He was
1: on the practice squad. Okay. I don't think he would have been on the roster. Three
0: time pro bowler in Miami, his first five years, Brian Cox. Let me
1: fact check my 40 time 5.0 seconds really yeah. yes okay yes wow. i'm telling you yeah. oh wait no this is a different brian cox it must be i don't know how do you spell his name that brian B- oh yeah no brian bryan cox a y. it's bryan yeah 5.0
0: 40 time 27 inch vertical that's incredible dude that's <laughs> he's basically me he's me i could have been a middle linebacker in the nfl based on my uh yeah, my forty. Bench like, press. Yeah, like I'm a 5040. Yeah. I got no <laughs> shot. <laughs> Bench press. Bench press. Nine reps. <laughs> He's a punter.
1: He's basically a punter. Played in the NFL for twelve years. Well, that's how much of a badass he was. Like he he didn't just hang around. He was a pro
0: inside linebacker.
1: Yeah, and then he was on Hard Knocks. Remember, I think it was the Falcons Hard Knocks. He was a coach. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was awesome. He was like you sitting there with a cigar, saying, "You can't trust a man who doesn't have any vices." He's smoking
0: (laughs) a cigar and he was also complaining about the academy awards saying that like the hangover never got nominated for an academy award <laughs> he got mad that like body comedies never got nominated for best yeah. movie that's right that's right that was that 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 hard knocks he was my favorite guy on there cuz i agree with that take <laughs> oh yeah he's
1: he's a character man he's
0: great um so how balls to the wall is will anderson going to go at the pro bowl games <laughs> like oh like oh yeah the backyard yeah. barbecue games mm. that they play at the pro you bowl like will anderson is going to be the most try hard guy ever at the pro bowl he would have been the
1: one that like a lot of the veterans would have been angry at because if they were if they were playing an actual game sideline a sideline just like JJ. Yeah. Just like trying to get it. except for like uh, yeah. Yeah. He would have been he would have been all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have been getting yelled at by some quarterback. This is going to be a Will though is and this is what I wonder. I wonder if will at some point we have to find out if there's a dark side to Will Anderson He's like, I've told you before, he seems like a pure beam of light. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any malice in him, nor need, there doesn't need to be. No. no. Merlin Olsen was like that. Merlin Olsen played alongside Deacon Jones, and those two were very opposite in, uh, in like how much they wanted to injure people, mm-hmm. and yet they were both Hall of Fame caliber players. So uh, Will Anderson feels more like a Merlin Olsen type. Would
0: you categorize Will's style of play as violent? Uh, n- No. I would say it's explosive. Okay. You know, sometimes
1: I use violent when I mean explosive. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. It's, yeah. It's more fun to talk that way. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but you know what? If, if he learns to channel his explosiveness a little bit more, there is something when you attack the offensive lineman, that's where the violence really matters. Like, yeah. I, like hitting the quarterback, like whatever, like that's the, you're picking on a little guy. Um, it's the offensive lineman, like where the violence matters. There's times where I think Will needs to be more violent with his hands. Mm-hmm. So, he, he kind of gets into this mode where he starts becoming a bull rusher, and he's not really strong enough and violent enough with his hands to be a bull rusher um, un- until he starts to offset it with more of his speed rush. So, yeah, there, he's explosive as an athlete. When he's inside, he looks more violent. Uh, with his hands, it's it's learning to transfer that to the edge rushing and be violent with his hands out there.
0: All right, let's um, quick update on the coaching carousel. We just we got done talking about Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, the new Chargers coach. If you're just waking up, just getting in your car, he's the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Dan Quinn is getting a second interview in Seattle, according to Adam Schefter. He just tweeted that a few minutes ago. So that's that's important for the Texans. If you're someone who wants Bobby Slowick to remain here, Seattle is one of the jobs that Slowick is up for right now. So Dan Quinn. I don't know if he's thought to be the leader for that job but certainly that's when Pete Carroll was moved out of his role Dan Quinn's name was the first one to come up as the possible will, replacement for did, him.
1: Did Dan Quinn did they did the champion did the playoff game I almost said championship game like Dallas would be in a championship The wild card game. round championship <laughs> the, game The wild card game <laughs> Yeah. did the wild card loss that the Uber coordinator Dan Quinn uh just completely flopped in does that does that affect him at all now that he's kind of a two time loser in terms of big games and just huge letdowns?
0: That's a good question. They know him very well in the building in Seattle. So it might hurt him for some jobs where they don't have a working knowledge of him, but he was the DC up there for a number of years. So they yeah, know. I don't
1: know. I, I know a lot of people really well that I don't want to hire back. I, don't, I, I feel well, like but that, he's. If, but
0: my point is, he's getting a second interview. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's, so they, I, I, yeah I, I know.
1: But the this thing about where the reporting on this has gone, people were acting like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the hire in, in Seattle. And now it's like, okay, great, he's getting a second interview. If anything, that could be just that because people like him up there, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's the favorite.
0: Well, I'll answer your question. It probably didn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably didn't help, but I I, I think – and it, and it may have eliminated him from some of these other the, jobs. I, I
1: would say that just about him as a coordinator yeah. this year. I mean, he's a very, very good coordinator. He's yeah. got a track record. But this year, that Cowboys defense, you saw the signs – down the stretch in the season, they could not stop a team at the end of a game. They just, like, Dak Prescott had multiple wins that he won in the fourth quarter that were taken away by that defense just completely falling apart. And, like, in some of it was based on Dan Quinn changing changing play-calling strategy on that final drive. I look at that and I start wondering, like, all right, well, I don't, like, between this and the Super Bowl loss – and I know that was Kyle Shanahan's decision to keep passing in the yeah. Super Bowl, but Dan Quinn's a damn head coach. Yeah, yeah. Got, he can get on the headset and tell Kyle to, sh-
0: to, to stuff well, it. Well, that you know? might be a bigger red flag than the Cowboy wild card game. Like, you're the right, head coach. Like, right. exert your leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You want to hear some good Nick Sirianni audio, Seth? Uh, boy, do I. Philadelphia head coach Nick Sirianni getting grilled by the media yesterday. He's going to stick around for another year. Um, but he was asked by a media member, what exactly is it that you do? Defensive coordinators could be in charge of the defense. What is your role going to be? The head coach, you know, the what's, football what team. What does that entail? How, how does it change? Yeah. Um, I guess what, you know, it'd be this very similar to what's going on right now. Um, you know, if that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times? Maybe, right, instead of always being in an offensive meeting. Maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the be the head coach of the football team. And so that's building the culture. That's making sure the culture's, um you know, Working, you know, with our our five core values are taking every day at a time. Like we're not coming up with new core values. Uh, we, we may shuffle of where you know where the things are that are important, um, and and working at high level, and then that's where the, our connection with the players, and then their connection with each other works well too. <laughs> D minus. Um,
1: <laughs> you know what? It didn't seem that bad to me because, although I mean, he used the word maybe, which he probably shouldn't have if you're the. If now what you are is the guy who sets the tone for the organization, that is specifically your job, don't throw the maybe out there. Uh, pretend you got a little focus and yeah. direction. <laughs> maybe I'll I, maybe I'll even visit the defense. Who knows? So, uh, I'm going to explore the space. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't seem that bad because I heard multiple different Texans officials over multiple years try to explain Jack Easterby's job description and fail. Remember when we couldn't get an actual job description right, for Jackie's? Right, day? right. That was weird. That yeah. was weird. Uh, that turned so, out so <laughs> not being able to not being able to describe your job. This is where I give Siriani a break, Sean. I did uh, I did an interview last night with a high school student who was doing a project and wanted mm-hmm. to interview me about my job, mm-hmm. and uh, and I re- I was recording it on Zoom, and I went back and I watched it afterwards, and I was like, my God, could I spit out a complete sentence, please, oh. once? It it was awful. Like, if that were an interview for broadcast, I would have been disgusted with myself. Wow. But it's just... So, it was a different environment and a different topic than what I do every day. I, I was not up to my standards, mm. you know? Which was cool. I also... I mean, I knew it because she was just gonna... She's writing a very short article, so she's just gonna take snippets out of it. But I think that Sirianni's a little bit like that. I think in his element... He's one way, but like in the press conference, that's just not his thing. I I feel
0: like we're back to square one with the Sirianni press conferences. The first part of being smart is knowing what to do. Yeah, I feel like we're back there again. I feel like he had a good run there for a couple of years, and now we're back to less thinking. Less thinking equals talent
1: takeover. (laughs) He alluded to the five core values or he, principles. He
0: he did he did yeah. He, was it five core uh, principles? Five or core values? five core values. See, it was five core something, and he ain't changing them. He said we're not changing well, those. Yeah. We've, so that's where he, yeah. one may become and, more important than another. I forget what he said. And maybe
1: he'll visit the maybe he'll visit the defense every now and then.
0: Dude, Gerard Johnson <laughs> is interviewing <laughs> for the OC job there. I would recommend running the other way. <laughs> here are
1: the here are the five core values: connect and trust, yeah. compete with each other, yeah. accountability, uh-huh. playing smart football, which means knowing what to do. Yeah. And the fifth core value is actually three core values. Do you know what you know to hear of this? The three core values that comprise the fifth core value? You do it quickly. Fundamentals, yeah. fundamentals, fundamentals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's actually seven core values. Seven core values, but three, where, of, them are are the three of them are Three of them are... Three. Fundamentals, <laughs> fundamentals. Hammer fundamentals. it home,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. All right, let's get to headlines next. Um, we uh, we do have some more coaching carousel updates for the Texans. Um, we've got a signing for one of the teams participating this weekend in conference title games, and a whole lot more. Rockets lose last night. We'll get to all of that in headlines coming up next.